Well, folks, we've made it. If you're listening to this, week one is upon us, and you're either anxiously awaiting Thursday night kickoff or licking your wounds after a 55-point explosion from the Lamb God. Regardless, it is time for excitement, unlimited potential for your team, both fantasy and NFL, and most importantly, heavy, heavy mooling. For those of you who don't know, Webster Dictionary defines mooling spelled M-O-O-L-I-N-G, as an act of extreme laziness, typically accompanied by one or all of the following. Bong ribs, Chinese food, the wearing of gray sweatpants, Domino's pizza, and of course... Seven hours of commercial-free football start now. As promised, I will introduce our highly sought-after co-host, Nick Giella. Hailing from Suffern, New York, Gino, as we call him, attended Indiana State University. He likes long rips of the vape. (sighs) He's won a lawsuit against Uber. And in college, he stole our buddy John's girlfriend. So please protect your loved ones whenever he comes around. Gino, would you like to say anything before we jump into the week one matchup previews? I'm excited to be here. Thank you for selecting me as your co-host. That is a phenomenal introduction. I uh, just want to say, did not remember that there was a cat present. So if I uh, croak out halfway through, you all know why. All right. So we are going to get into the explosive matchup previews brought to you by Karma Cafe. We are back, baby. We are fucking back. We are back. Yeah. Classic. We are back. <laughs> So let's jump right in with a matchup that features your two hosts. The Hasidic hair curlers come into the tilt as a 12-point favorite over the Iron Dome. Gino, what are your thoughts on this one, you scumbag? Well, uh, midweek, it was only a six-point favorite, but obviously they, uh, you know, like the HHC here. They, being Vegas, bumped me up to a 12-point favorite. Well, you know what? I think it's going to be a Geno victory. I like Lamar to light it up on Monday night with Tyrod having a solid floor against the Jags, being recently named the starter. Now, Diggs, Boyd, and Woods this week could all eclipse their projection, if you see. And even at Aikens, not a sexy tight end, but he might be, might be a nice streamer option, especially for week one. Now, on the other side of the building for the Iron Dome, a lot of tough matchups, in my opinion. Both second-year guys, Burrow and Tua, could struggle. Swift is taking on the Niners and recovering from a groin, so not a whole lot to be excited about there. And look, I just don't see Juju or Shepard having monster games, so the performance is going to be somewhat capped. Um, I am worried a little bit about Kittle and CD. I mean, who isn't? But I think the HHC will eventually prevail in a Monday night cucking fashion. Give me HHC 128 to 120. All right. Well, all great points, Gino, but I'm going to have to take myself straight up in this one, uh, riding the tail of a massive performance from both CeeDee Lamb, the Joe Man, and George Kittle. I will take the Iron Dome 125, HHC 115. All right, moving on. Our next matchup features the lowest combined projected point total with Sirs Rue Parrot. Uh, just kidding. The line has moved. I apologize. Evil Stevie coming in as a two-point favorite over Sirs Rue Parrot. Gino, what do you got for me? Yeah, this one's a real stinker on paper, am I right? I mean, the two lowest projections. However, this week one matchup features the closest spread between any two teams. 
Evil Stevie, small two-point favorite over the Lorna Legends, Sir Root Parrot. And to be honest with you, I think Evil Stevie should be higher. I see a small win for KDA here. The Kyler to DeAndre is probably lethal in most weeks, but going against Tennessee this week, who has a very poor secondary. In fact, they gave up the fifth most points to receivers last year in fantasy. It could be a bloodbath for Sir Root Parrots. Uh, this game is going to be high scoring, which obviously bodes well for Evil Stevie. If you look at the Browns, they might be playing from behind, which sets up a nice little game script for Kareem the Dream. And I think Antonio Brown is going to outproduce Chris Godwin, uh, who obviously Godwin is part of Sir Root Parrot. And even, you know, Gronk might feature a little week one opening night matchup tight end. So I like that. I just think that Sir Root Parrot's really only hanging on to a juicy matchup from Dalvin Cook and Trevor Lawrence against the Texans. But other than that, I don't think that's enough to get the victory done here. Look for Jalen Waddle, Jerry Judy, and even Najee Harris to struggle. I like Keith in a low-scoring affair. Evil Stevie 118, Sir Root Parrot 108. I'm going to have to agree with you here on this one, Gino. I am going to ride with Evil Stevie and his QBs. Uh, I got Stevie 115 and Sirs Rue Parrot 105. All right. Now, I must say before we get into this one, MFL currently has Elijah Moore projected for 0 0.08 points. Uh, while I personally believe his breakout is going to have to wait, I certainly think he should be projected closer to six to, six to eight points. Uh, here, which would definitely tighten this matchup's projection a little bit. Gino, what do you got? Well, we have another big favorite in this matchup, as uh, Nadamakin Jew, phenomenal name, is sporting a 12.5-point favorite over the gross, the disgusting fart man, Sir Tinelli. Uh, look, I mean, when you have Ryan Fitzpatrick and Zach Wilson on one side and Herbert and Rodgers on another, it creates a massive advantage. And really, this game could be decided right there. But I also don't love the week one outlooks from the running back from Tonelli. Miles um, Gaskin's going to struggle. I think Keenan, although I love him, is going to struggle against a good defense in the R words. And on the other side, I think T. Higgins and Robbie Anderson in a revenge game could have some big afternoons. Uh, from a running back standpoint, I think Nadamikin Jew's got a lot there, but overall it might be capped. Um, Gibson, Josh Jacobs, and Clyde, they'll get enough touches to put up a solid floor. I just don't think they're going to have monster games. Um, you know, I might not agree with the 12 and a half point spread, but I certainly like Nadamikin Jew to win this one and win this one comfortably. I'm going to say Nadamikin Jew 115, Sir Tonelli 107. Yeah, I agree. This one might be a little closer than people think, but I am going to roll with Nadamikin Jew here as he's just going to overpower Tonelli with the stronger QB combo. I got uh, Jew 120, Sir Tonelli 110. All right. Cosmic Gumbo comes into our next matchup as the largest favorite across the entire league. I personally see a wider margin between the two groups of quarterbacks, which leads me to believe this matchup should be tighter. Gino, give us your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, coming into this one, uh, the Phantoms is, is a huge underdog, but I don't think anyone's really surprised considering that he's been on record, you know, willing to tank this season uh, to secure better draft capital. But, you know, just despite the daunting projections, the Phantom still has the best quarterback duo in all of the Cornman. So granted that these two quarterbacks might be going up against tough defenses and Cleveland and uh, Indy respectively, I still expect 25 plus points from each. Um, on the other side of the spectrum here, Cosmic Gumbo is rolling out Big Ben and famous Jameis. So obviously the Phantoms has the matchup edge there. Um, but I really think that's where the matchup advantage is going to ultimately end. 
The running back standpoint, Cosmic Gumbo has two top five options in King Henry and Alvin Kamara, who will both put up, you know, in my opinion, over 20. Uh, the receiver matchup's a little more even here with Gumbo having Tyreek DeFreak, A-Rob, and Mike Williams. Um, while, you know, I think Tyreek is going to eat up, I, I don't know if A-Rob's going to produce that well with Jalen Ramsey on him. And Mike Williams, historically, has really been a boomer bust guy. Uh, again, doesn't have a great matchup against those Washington R-words. Uh, meanwhile, Phantoms and Trust in the Young Guns, once again, in Ayuk, Jamar Chase, and Deontay Johnson. Um, so, so good matchups there. I just don't see a lot of them scoring. It might just be more of a reception and, and touch kind of fest on Sunday. Um, but really, the real close matchup here is going to be at the flex positions with DJ Moore and Miles Sanders. The edge, in my opinion, goes to Moore, but Sanders could have himself a nice day against a leaky Atlanta defense. Um, but really, where the game's going to be won, in my opinion, he is a member of my team in another league, is Mark Andrews. I think Monday night with Rashad Bateman out and a few other receivers banged up, look for Andrews to be the primary guy through the air. Vegas doesn't have a good defense. They already lost Nick Marr, their linebacker. I think Lamar Jackson is going to go to Andrews early and often. Give me the oldest son of Don Pugliese for the victory. Gumbo 127. The Phantoms, a close 121. Yeah, I've been going with straight-up picks here, but I will take a different approach and tell you to hammer the Phantoms with the points. Ooh. Mahomes and Russ should put up huge numbers in Week 1, and I think Brad's running backs are actually being underrated. So I still like Cosmic Gumbo to squeak one out here, uh, 125 to 119. So take those 12 or so points and run. All right, so we move on to a matchup that is consisting of two absolute pieces of shit. Or at least they used to be. Meredith, you never told me your old grandpa used to be a huge piece of shit. Deshaun's massage parlor comes in as a 10-point favorite over the shrimp. And you have to wonder if the combo of the two names somehow alludes to Deshaun Watson's penis. Jim, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, you're right. These owners are just both scumbags. Huge piece of shit here. But Massage Parlor is a 10-point favorite in the opening week matchup. Interesting note, but the QBs for the Parlor are playing the same game, uh, which might be a little tease for a fade, you know, five. And for the record, there will be a lot of points in that game. Atlanta and Philly cannot play defense, and the Parlor has both signal callers. I think the loss of J.K. Dobbins will obviously elevate Gus Edwards to a high RB2 with specifically a great matchup this Monday night, and I expect him to surpass his projected 11.9. Uh, Parler has been on record saying that he has the best wide receiver room in the league. Devonta Adams, Calvin Ridley, Terry McLaurin, and that other piece of shit Mike T whenever he gets healthy. I all think they're going to produce on Sunday. Um, however, the two weak spots specifically this week are Hawkinson against the Niners, athletic defense, and Tony Pollard in your flex. Ugh, I don't know, Jim. However, despite all the praise for Deshaun uh, Parler, I am going with the upset pick and taking the shrimp. A lot of people, including the commissioner, was knocking this team a little bit earlier. Now, granted, he only has one quarterback, and it's Baker Mayfield, but I have a feeling the powers of the shrimp will be coming alive in week one. James Robinson could easily outproduce his projected 12.69 against the Texans, and the wide receiver combination, he's starting five, Michael Gallup. Corey Davis, Justin Jefferson, DK Metcalf, and Adam Thielen all can produce solid numbers. Now, I wouldn't recommend two Vikings on your roster throughout the year, but I think week one against the Bengals, you'll be all right. The difference maker here, Kyle Pitts. 
With a premium place on tight end in this league and the matchup against the Eagles, watch out for Pitts to potentially break the 20-point mark. Also, Pitts can take away targets and touchdowns from Calvin Ridley, which could also cannibalize Matty Ice. Give me the upset. Shrimp 124, Parlor 117. Gino, I respect the optimism and the enthusiasm, but in a route, I'll be backing Deshaun's massage parlor in this one. Take the points, take the money line, take whatever you want. Parlor 128, Shrimp 109. Mm. All right, so we finally make it to our last matchup of the week, but boy, is it shaping up to be a good one. I've taken the liberty of adjusting the league website's projection because currently Tannehill has in for a zero-point projection with the COVID thing. So I'm going to give him an 18-point input. Uh, And with that, Sir Schwartzman comes in as a five-point favorite. Sorry, a six-point favorite against Boats and Young Ho. Uh, Gino, what do you think is going to happen in this big-time battle? Yeah, so I'll start by saying this. I wasn't uh, around for the first two shows. I think you did a great job there and highlighting the outlooks of every team, specifically Schwartzman, Boats, and Young Hoes, are two teams I think are going to be competing for the playoffs, will be fighting uh, for a championship early in, in this uh, league. But at first glance, I was a little shocked to see Sanchez a six-point dog, to be fully honest with you. I don't think Saquon is going to be healthy, and he's going against Denver. Randall Cobb projected three points. I mean, what is that? And then Dak with a tough assignment against Tampa, although he probably should be playing from behind. Um, really, the only home runs on Sir Schwartzman are C-Mac against the Jets, which, I mean, that could be scary. And Ryan Tannehill, which you mentioned in the top, uh, against the Cardinals. But in my opinion, I don't really think it's enough to beat Sanchez straight up, let alone a six-point cushion. That is right. Taking another underdog here to pull the upset. I know Gino likes favorites, but not today. Look, I think Josh Allen and Brady will shred, easily put up 20-25. Eckler and Zeke, granted they could struggle, but right now on paper their projections are only 13 and 14 respectively. That's not a very tall ask for those two guys. Uh, Cooper Cup, Devontae Smith, and A.J. Brown, if healthy, should propel Sanchez to the victory. They all have juicy matchups, especially last year's Heisman winner, Devontae Smith where Atlanta has let up the most points to wide receivers last year in fantasy. Look it up. There is a slight concern, as I mentioned, for A.J. Brown, but I think he will be fine and performs well. Obviously, if A.J. Brown does well, it could negate any of the Tannehill performance for Sir Schwartzman. I think this is a very close matchup, as I mentioned before, between two good teams who will be in it to the end, but give me Sanchez and that atrocious team name for the win, Boats and Young Hoes, 132, Sir Schwartzman, 125. Yeah, this matchup has some serious firepower, and I can see it coming in with the highest combined point total in the league. Gino, I don't like how much agreeing we have been doing today, but I agree I'm taking Sanchez straight up in this divisional clash. Boats, 130. Sir Schwartzman, 125. And that'll do it for week one's matchup previews. And we will now move into our final segment of the day. You have not heard this one yet. Uh, we bring to you the highly anticipated Fade Gino Fox. Uh, during this portion of the weekly show, Gino and I will take a brief moment to lobby for our favorite picks against the spread in the upcoming slate of NFL action. Finally, we will come together on an agreement for our favorite parlay of the day. As the name suggests, you should always Fade Gino.
I'm going to start it off with my picks this week. Uh, so this one, week one, is always a tough one to predict. Chalk always seems to fade, and the best offenses always find a way to disappoint. With that said, my first pick for this week will be Carolina minus five and a half. God, do I love fading the Jets, and what a way to do it. Sam Darnold, who, you know, regardless of this game, I think will be a perennial backup following the season. But anyway, he's going to be unleashed against his former captors. And I think he is going to game manage his way to quite the victory. Toss Robbie Anderson into the mix as well, and I think he comes right in the eye of Robert Sala. Panthers 35. I see Jets 1 here, but I think that's supposed to say 17. Uh, My next pick in Week 1 will be, and I want to be purposely bold here, will be Houston plus 2.5 at home. Similar to their opponent's Week 1 year ago, I see Houston starting off the season with a victory, only to go into free fall for the next 16 games. Tyrod's lung holds up for all four quarters, and the Texans win 21-17. to 17. All right, Gino, let's hear your picks. Wow, those are bold. Uh, on record, I did like the Panthers minus 4.5 up to minus 5.5 now. I uh, definitely like that in a revenge game, but I'm going to go with two separate games. One of them, obviously, is going to be a road favorite because death taxes and Gino taking a road favorite in the NFL. We're going to start off with the Vikings minus four. Some books have it minus four and a half. I still like it if it's under six. Uh, Here's the thing. Since 2014, Mike Zimmer started. They've been five and two with a week one record. So that means past seven years, five and two week one. Every other year, the Vikings have made the playoffs since Mike Zimmer's been there. 2015, 17, and 19, they missed the playoffs 14, 16, 18, and 20. So if history would have it, they are going to make the playoffs and be good this year. Now, this is all a matchup of Vikings being able to run the ball and the Bengals not being able to run the ball. So in 2020, the Vikings were fifth in rushing yards with 134 per game. And, oh yes, the Bengals led up the fourth most rushing yards in the NFL at 139 per game. Dalvin is going to be healthy. That offensive line of the Vikings, although it took a downfall last year, actually upgraded with Christian Derrissaw and Wyatt Davis in the draft. The Bengals got rid of Carl Lawson, so that loses a lot. Lost Geno Atkins as well. They added Trey Hendrickson, but he's really only a pass rush specialist. Uh, The other thing here is when the Vikings have the lead under Mike Zimmer, they tend to hold on to it. In 2020, games leading at the half, which were seven, they were five and two. And in 2019, when they had games leading at the half, there was 10, they were 8-2. and Don't be worried about the Vikings and a road favorite. I like a minus four. I like a minus four and a half. I'm all over the purple people leaders in week one, baby. All right, second game. It's another big spread, but I like it. Bills minus six and a half against Pittsburgh. Look, this is not going to be a long-winded analysis like the Vikings and Bengals game were. It's going to come down to a few things. One, Bills are home. And I think the Bills have a great home field advantage. That place is going to be packed. It's going to be very, very loud. If this game was in Pittsburgh, I'd hate it. I actually even like Pittsburgh if this game was in Pittsburgh. But the fact that it's in Western New York, I love Buffalo. Now, last year when they played, the Bills won 26-15. In 2019 when these two teams played, the Bills won on the road 17-10. It's starting to think that the Bills are trending up. And Pittsburgh really has been taking a few steps back since 2017 when they last made the AFC Championship game. I like Josh Allen. I like this offense to be clicking on all cylinders. And I really don't think that the offensive line of Pittsburgh is going to hold up against the Buffalo Bills front seven. Also, they have some really good pieces in the back end of that defense. 
to you know withhold some of the vertical threats of Juju, Chase Claypool, and Deontay Johnson. Give me the Bills minus six and a half. I like them anything less than a touchdown or anything less than seven points. Bills minus six and a half. Second pick for Gino. All right, and uh, since we're benevolent people, we like to give back to the community. The Gino Nicholson Brain Trust will bring to you every week their parlay pick, which is sure to hit. This week, we bring to you a plus 412, nice and juicy, three-team parlay, three-leg parlay, because we're going to mix in and over in here. So to start, we got the Packers money line. Gino, give us a quick breakdown of this one, and I'll get into the next two. Yeah, this is a quick one. Look, I mean, the game was supposed to be played in New Orleans. Now it's not. I think that really changes a lot of things, although it's Packers all the way up to minus four and a half. So if you're not comfortable with that, but you think the Packers are still going to win, take a money line, put them in a parlay. All right, our next pick is the Rams minus seven and a half. I'll take this one. The Rams have two two out well. He's just going to run a billion end rounds. It's over. No, I'm kidding. I think the Rams are going to be really good. I think this is uh, they're throwing Andy Dalton out there as chum so that they can start uh, Fields next week. I, I don't think we need to look into this one too much. I, I could see the Rams winning by at least two scores here. You know, making the seven and a half point line uh, an easy pick for us. And then finally, we got the over. I believe the the line is 48 points in the Falcons-Eagles game. Gino, why don't you take this one before we finish up? Yeah, we, we tried to look for a total. We liked even the under in the Denver-New uh, York Giants game. We were even contemplating the uh, under in New England and Miami. But really, the Falcons-Eagles the Eagles game, it comes down to they're in a dome, uh, so there should be no weather elements. Both these teams do not have good defenses. It's going to be a high-scoring game. Uh, look, only 48 points. You're saying 27-24, so no team really has to eclipse 30 for the total to hit. Um, you know, shout out to Jared Beldock who gave me this tip earlier this week. I love the 48, even if it jumps to 49. I like it. Anything under 50 here in that game. All right, and just to recap, we got the Packers money line, the Rams minus seven and a half, and over 48. We'll probably let's say we'll take that up to 50 in the Falcons and Eagles game. This is a plus 412 parlay. So for those of you who struggle in math, that is $25 to win you $103 in profit. So that is all for this week. I don't know about all you guys, but we are absolutely juiced for football to be back. Gino, I think that episode went really well. I'm glad to have you here for the next 16 weeks. We'll have to figure out something with the cat situation, but that was awesome. Had a lot of fun. Really excited for this weekend. If you want to close things out for us, I will hand the mic over to you. Look, bet bet heavy, but bet responsibly. Uh, all odds brought to you by BetMGM. <laughs> all right. Good luck to all you corn men out there. <laughs>